0: Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas Podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas Podcast today.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome back to Grassroots Marketing on com. And just want to give you a heads up of programming. When you are listening to the program, you'll be seeing a lot more episodes dropping in because we had some conference coverage we're going to be bringing into the mix. And that is from the maps psychedelic science conference you'll see the coverage starting to drop into the feed uh, shortly after this interview here on the program just look out for that i want to make sure to let you know we had a lot of interviews we did on the show floor from our roving reporters stay tuned to grassroots marketing for that we'll have that for you coming up on upcoming episodes so with me right now is the ceo and director of a clinical-stage biotechnology company headquartered in Palo Alto, California. I think that's where Stanford's located, correct? Focus on the development of therapeutics for unmet medical needs and chronic pain, inflammation, and fibrosis. And here to talk about this, because of the fact that this company has been working on developing synthetic cannabinoid analogs for the treatment of those diagnoses, and that company is 180 Life Sciences, I'm now with the CEO and director of 180 Life Sciences, Jim, Dr. Jim Woody. Dr. Jim, thanks for being on. My pleasure. Absolutely. So you have this SCA or synthetic cannabinoid analogs program. You've developing drug products to offer a robustly consistent, a safe dosage while allowing patient intake to be carefully controlled. Very important areas to go into, and you're developing proprietary compounds, safe, non-addictive, non psychoactive. More than 99.5% pure, offering improved oral bioavailability and rigorously tested for the relief of inflammatory pain. So there are a lot of different areas of inflammation that we can that can be talked about as ailments that need treatment. So give me a little bit more context and if you can summarize as much as you can, the areas of focus right now that you're that what you're looking to do right now with the CSA, the SEAs, excuse me.
0: Sure. Uh, so uh, 180 Life Sciences was formed uh, by the merger of three companies. One of them was called CanBioRx, which still exists as one of our subsidiaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, CanBioRx was the uh, company that was working on uh, cannabinoids. And uh, this was work done even before 180 LS was formed between uh, uh Professor Raphael Michelin of Hebrew University, was actually the uh, discoverer of the human endocannabinoid system. And uh, Dr. Mark Feldman, who was a colleague of mine, he and I worked out that uh, anti-TNF was able to prevent the uh, inflammation and joint destruction in uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, and anti-TNF drugs are now the largest anti-inflammatory drugs uh, on the market at over $40 billion a year. So, uh, Dr. Feldman and I and our colleagues have been involved in this. We also learned that anti-TNF was effective in Crohn's disease and psoriasis and ulcerative colitis. So, uh, we have a lot of experience over the years in inflammatory diseases. Uh, working with Dr. Michelin... Uh, He was a a brilliant scientist and uh, published a huge number of papers, unfortunately just passed away uh, recently, Uh, but we have been working with his laboratory and his fellows for some time. And uh, if you go to your uh, local vendor and buy uh, CBD or cannabis, it's uh, over 100 compounds, so it's nothing close to being pure or uh, a single compound that you can test and figure out which ones are doing the uh, beneficial activities. And so we work with Dr. Michelin and develop some synthetic single molecules that uh, have the same properties as some of the CBDs. And so we found uh, using some informative inflammatory uh, animal models, which we were u- able to uh, predict was effective in rheumatoid arthritis and other inflammatory diseases, that these synthetic compounds were anti-inflammatory and also analgesic. And uh, so we've been working with those since they're single compounds and they're something you could make into a particular pill or into some formulation that's easily absorbed. Uh, you realize that CBD per se, the local variety, uh, even the commercial stuff is very poorly absorbable uh, if you take it orally. That's why they have to put it in oil or something else or uh, administer it via some other route. But we would see the ability of having an orally available uh, CBD compound to be quite attractive that we could use in
1: uh, inflammation and pain. Now, with some people that might be hearing when they hear the word synthetic and we're thinking about the fact that a lot of commercial products as you make mention of there is delta eight and delta nine thc an active component of cannabis sativa that is out there and there might be some people that might get those the, the area of treatment that you're trying to do with the development that you're working on of using synthetic cannabinoid analog therapy so i want to just if you can help me go and just distinguish to make sure how it is it's it's separate from what people might be perceiving the narrative of delta eight or delta nine
0: uh yeah you know most of the small uh, molecules or pills that you take are really synthetic compounds or single compounds like advil or aleve or any of those uh and uh so synthetic just means that uh, we have a single compound rather than a big mixture of things. And so it's a very common uh, common use for uh, lots of different medicines. So uh, it's useful for what we're doing to differentiate it from uh, uh, compounds that are mixtures.
1: I guess I'm just trying to go and get my head wrapped around where everything comes from and, and how it's all put together. So now the, the part of the program that we're, that's being focused right now early on is early-stage Duputrin's contracture, condition which affects approximately, well, we're talking about a combined 30 million people in the U.S., European Union, and the U.K. And right now you're in currently a Phase 2B trial. Final results will be published in the Lancet Rheumatology, and meaning a primary endpoint of nodule hardness and secondary endpoint of nodule side with statistical significance. Um, and so far, findings have been there have been no treatment related serious adverse events. The is the only treatment for early stage fibrosis of the hand. The program is filling an important need, a me- medical need, and promises to be a potentially lucrative treatment. Can you tell me behind this particular study and what you're learning about the fibrosis of the hand, this part of this inflammation and the study you're doing? Talk to me about what you. What was being done in terms of the process? Was it random, blind, clinical based? Anything you can give us about that and who were participating in the study or how many did participate in the study?
0: Yeah, uh, ever since uh, Dr. Feldman and I discovered the utility of the anti-TNF biologics in uh, arthritis and Crohn's disease and psoriasis back in the late 90s, uh, there's lots of companies making those now but no new indications. They're still treating the same things, uh, uh, all of them. And so our scientists in in the UK discovered that uh, certain kinds of fibrosis were driven by TNF, and one of the conditions is called Dupuytren's hand contracture. It starts as a small nodule in your hand in the palm of your hand. And this nodule leads to fibrous cords that pull your fingers together. And some famous people like Ronald Reagan and our Margaret Thatcher had Dupuytren's uh, contracture. And up until now, there's no therapies to stop it from going on to the disability that your hand can't work anymore, you can't button your clothes, you can't type uh, until you have surgery to release the, uh, the fibrous cords. Uh, so this fibrosis program is quite different from anything we're doing with the cannabinoids. With the uh, synthetic cannabinoids, we're focusing on uh, inflammation and pain. And by that, I mean, if you take uh, patients with rheumatoid arthritis or any of the severe painful uh, diseases that they have, even the anti-TNFs, even though they keep this under control, they don't make all the pain and inflammation go away. They just sort of keep it under control so you can relive a fairly normal life. So what happens when you have chronic severe pain? Well, most people rely on things like Advil or Aleve. Uh, and the what they call non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. But these things, even though they're in wide use, have some problems in terms of damage to kidneys and other things. So overdosing is a a real problem in in the country. And the next step up from from there for severe pain, of course, is the opioids, which you want to avoid for all the problems that you have with the opioids. So we're hoping that our, our synthetic versions can fit in the middle there, be non-addictive, be anti-inflammatory, and also uh, relieve pain that would help these patients with rheumatoid arthritis or any other kinds of inflammatory pain. And so that's where we're hoping to position this going forward to avoid the problem of NSAIDs and also avoid the problem of the opioids going forward. So that's what we're thinking about for this particular class of compounds, which we're continuing to develop.
1: I also want to make a point that through a mainstream science, there's been reports that Harvard Health actually spoke about, where there was a review back in December of last year, from in the JMA, JAMA Network Open, uh, where they did a meta-analysis of 20 randomized controlled studies, uh, the effect of positive media attention on patient expectations for pain relief from cannabis products. They had 1,400 plus people participating all had neuropa- neuropa- neuropathic neuropathic pain, oh my God, or pain from multiple sclerosis. And what they were given was a placebo, either given as a pill, spray, oil, smoke, or vapor. And participants receiving active treatment, they reported similar levels of pain relief. The idea was that it was that while there were other products that might be used for pain relief, that this cannabis placebo provided very similar to Plain Relief as a cannabis-based product. So what they're talking about is just that they're looking at the idea of how much you're learning from this. I don't know if you what you know about this particular study or what there, or other studies have been out there about if, you know, instead of replacing aspirin or ibuprofen with cannabis, what can you tell me about, you know, what is it? Is, a, is it a standalone, more effective treatment? what you're doing or does it stand in line as a better replacement for other treatment methods?
0: Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good point. Uh, one of the issues is that neuropathic pain is very hard to treat. Uh, it's very difficult and it's persistent and, uh, doesn't respond well to, um, medicines and people have developed all kinds of options. Now the problem with providing, uh, cannabis is like i said it's a mixture of compounds and uh some of them may be effective some of them not for a single drug like we have we'll be able to actually test how much is in the blood and how much it needs to relieve any kind of pain we can work that out whereas you can't do that with the uh with the usual uh source of cannabis now placebo effects in some of these trials is problematic for sure right. uh and uh if the placebo is by the person perceived to be beneficial, uh, their reports will be improved. And that uh, tells you that there's a a, a component of uh, concern over the pain that's relieved by just thinking that uh, it's going to be beneficial. So, Uh, It's not surprising that you might find with that. In in our cases, we'll be treating really pain that's uh, not affected by placebo because we know uh, how severe it is. So we'll be able to work that out. But uh, yeah, I think you need single compounds that are potent that you can actually measure how much you're giving in the blood to get to the levels that you want to uh, create the uh, analgesic effect that you'd like.
1: So ultimately, in the studies and the work you're doing at this stage, ultimately, what would be the treatment? What would be the dosage? What would be ultimately, what would be the actual regimen that can be made now to help relieve or help alleviate some of the symptoms that you're talking about here when it comes to chronic pain, inflammation, and fibrosis? What is the end goal?
0: Yeah, well, this is a a classical uh, pain type of study and inflammation and pain study. So initially, and this is things we're working on as we speak, and then a year from now, I can give you a report, is to try to find out how much of this synthetic cannabinoid we can uh, administer and what levels we can achieve in the blood, giving it orally. And uh, that's a process we're working on. Once we figure out how much we could administer and how much we uh, can get into the bloodstream, then we'll actually do a real pain study uh, and compare it to some other uh, anti-pain agents to see whether it's uh, effective. And at that point, assuming that it's uh, as good or better than some of the things that are out there, we'll be able to have a product that, uh, like I said, is non-addictive, and uh, doesn't carry the toxicity of the NSAIDs and might be quite beneficial to patients uh, uh, that need to avoid opioids for sure. So that's the, uh, that's the plan going forward, and we're working on all of those things.
1: It's a lot to go through. Now, for those that might be out there and saying, okay, so if this is through these SCAs, if we're looking and hearing, oh, it might be similar to certain products that might be out there, what do you say to those that might already say, well, maybe, maybe there's existing treatments. If your if your study's already proving that, I mean, is it better not? What would be would it be better to be patient to look for a treatment to come along the lines, or is there something existing right now that can help to alleviate these particular symptoms?
0: Uh, The, uh, you know, we're not aware of any of the uh, cannabinoid products currently out there that are really effective at relieving uh, pain and inflammation. Mm -hmm. Uh, There may be some coming along, but those would be uh, uh, considered in our our trial designs and things like that. So uh, we'll we'll keep in touch with what's going on in in the field. But uh, what I want to ask was not so
1: much where I'm recommending products. I didn't want to make it that point. I'm just saying. For those that might be patients and they're looking to have some kind of treatment, if they go and look to say, okay, we'll just put two and two together, if he's saying it's this, maybe we need to go look for products that might be similar. Is I mean, what would you say to those patients that are dealing with this right now, waiting for that kind of relief? If there is something that comes down the line, in the meantime, you know, is there anything out there that is to help at the moment until you can really get more definitive? Uh, results of the study?
0: Well, the, uh, you know, the c- clinical use in uh, inflammatory pain like arthritis or uh, or other things, you know, as I just pointed out, they uh, commonly use Advil and Aleve, and there's several similar kinds of products, which kind of work, uh, but they carry the uh, side effect of uh, causing uh, eventual kidney damage. Right. Uh, and beyond that, there's just not much before you get to the next step into uh, things like opioids, which you want to avoid. So there's a there's a place there for compounds and maybe some of these synthetic CBDs will be able to fill that place and be much more potent than perhaps the uh, uh, Advil or Aleve, but also, not uh, provide the problems of the uh, opioids. It's kind of what what we're thinking and hoping. And there's some out there that may be able to do that, but they have to be tested properly. And uh, the FDA and the uh, uh, other regulatory agencies in Europe and in uh, in Israel, where some of our work is being done, they have pretty strict guidelines about how you do these pain studies, and we're very familiar with them. and And uh, we'll be guided by. Uh, by these regulatory agencies to uh, to get to the place where we can get an approved drug.
1: And for those that want to go ahead and be involved and really help out in the study, just to give a heads up that One Eighty Life Sciences is publicly traded. And for those that want to go ahead and participate and put and follow along and help to go ahead and support the company, the, the company is available is listed on the NASDAQ, on the stock exchange. The stock ticker is ATNF. ATNF, as, as you know, I'm a little bit of a, for listeners might know, I kind of talk about stocks. So When I get a chance to go mention a stock ticker here, become a shareholder, be a part in some way to help participate. Now, for those that want to also possibly help to invest in what you're doing right now or, you know, help and give some kind of any kind of support they can, the website is 180, the number 180, lifesciences.com. 180 8 life sciences.com and for those that want to go ahead and come in and contact you, whether it's investors, whether it's people that might be able to help in some other way, what should they do? What should they do when they go to the website? Who would you like to hear from?
0: You know, typically what we do with our website is we list any of the clinical trials that we're undertaking. And uh, those are listed uh, with the FDA under uh, uh, the clinicaltrials.com and one can go there and see if there's a trial going on that we're sponsoring and uh who's doing it and what the sites are located these are FDA sponsored trials now it'll be sometimes before we get to the FDA and actually have these trials but you can track it on our on our website and uh if there's sites near uh, where a person lives uh and it's convenient they might be enrolled in in the trials sure we can uh uh, we can accommodate that. It's typically how you do things, and uh, make sure that the uh, trials are well advertised and uh, available to people to be uh, to be participating in.
1: Now, we were talking before about uh, fibrosis of the hand or Duputrin's disease, and the fact that one of life Sciences already has issued a notice of allowance, has an already has a patent application from the U S patent and trademark offices to have that patent related to treating the disease. That was back in February. Is there any update you can give us on where you are in having that patent and where you are in terms of uh, being able to move forward about having a method of treating the disease using a pre-filled syringe?
0: Right. We uh, also, I believe uh, the pre-filled syringe patent has been uh, uh, also issued. So Injecting these nodules in the hand turns out to be tough because they're tough, fibrous tissues, Mm -hmm. and it requires a special uh, tougher needle and a tougher syringe than is usually used for the way uh, the anti-TNFs are given to rheumatoid arthritis patients, which is a very fine needle. And so we've been able to work that out. At present, we're uh, talking with the... uh, U.K. regulatory agencies called the MHRA, uh, Medical Health Care Care Administration there, to see if we get get approved to sell the drugs in the U.K. And in in due course, we'll also meet with the U.S. FDA to probably initiate uh, final trials and approval here in the U.S. But that's the uh, that's the process that uh, is actually quite lengthy. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll get there, and we're on our way uh, with uh, what we think will be a very good therapy, and uh, certainly one that prevents people from having the disability with Dupitrens. But uh, it's you know it's not really related to the CBD programs, but it's the uh, the ones we're carrying forward. And another condition of fibrosis is called frozen shoulder. In which a lot of these people have dupatrins, the fibrosis, and we think the frozen shoulder is the same process. And we'll be doing trials in the frozen shoulder as well going forward. So there's a number of things that we have going on in the inflammation and fibrosis field.
1: And with the treatment for the Puter's disease, just to give people a heads up as well, companies already put out some, uh, they've already put out a publication of a review on the treatments for the early stage of this disease. And that's, you can actually find that in the journal of hand surgery, European volume. It was published there uh, back in January this year. So there's a lot of things you're working on. And yes, this is not related to CBD treatment and what you're doing, but I just thought it's important to go and make the point that it's across the board. I mean, you're looking at cannabis as a possible treatment option and you're, you're studying it, but also you're looking at other treatments as well. So to you're not looking to use you know, some kind of venture where it's like cannabis only that cannabis, you just, you embrace the fact that cannabis can be very effective and can offer pain relief. You're already starting to see the results of that. There, there are, there are definitely signs that show that other clinical outlets. So like a Harvard are already saying so as well, using placebos. I mean, we're seeing right now the effects for, if we want a reason for people to understand why cannabis is so important in terms of, From the medical standpoint, if we can show more evidence and proof that of various afflictions, various symptoms that are out there and no longer keep cannabis in that stereotype that it's only used for the entourage effect, that it can actually be used as a treatment option and it can actually take away the weaning off of opioids or any other narcotics would be a great boost. It's a natural organic Product out there, and you're even doing it, even going through the synthetic route with, with these uh, synthetic uh, these SEAs, and going that route as well. It's important work you're doing right now with the synthetic cannabinoid analog program, with what you're doing across the board on all this issue of pathological information. So, it's important work what you're doing. It might be hard for me to wrap my heart or my my head around, but I get what you're trying to do, and it's great. It's very brave work, and it's a lot of the need to be put into, a lot of investment, a lot of time, a lot of resources. So I really appreciate your team for doing that. So just going to close things out, what would you want our listeners to do to go and follow along? Obviously, we'd love to go and have you back when you hear, you learn more about the studies and what you're able to go and find out in your findings, but what can people do to go and stay involved with what you're doing one more time what should they go ahead and look out for, and what can they do to help?
0: I I think you're exactly right that these uh, the CBD compounds uh, do have uh, really potential, if very effective medicinal effects for inflammation and and pain. And the key here is to be able to find uh, compounds that you can give in sufficient quantity to be able to do that to help not just pain, but even things like PTSD and seizures and all the other things that are kind of uh, uh, on the fringe of uh, CBD u- utilization. So we think that they're effective drugs. We just need to make them pure enough and be able to administer them in a sufficient dose to help people. And uh, at that point, then uh, they'll be quite uh, quite beneficial and not carry a lot of the toxicities that other things do. So. We're uh, we're very optimistic that eventually we'll be able
1: to get there. I worked at a pharmacy when I was growing up, uh, Eckert's Pharmacy down here in South Florida. And I remember seeing some of the pharmacists that were here. And when they would look at some of the patients, they would go ahead and dole out dosage. And seeing the amount of chronic pain medications, you know, anything with Schedule 2 or Schedule 1, which is, it could be Lorset or Lortab or Hydrocodone or Percocet when it was available back in the day. And our oxycodone and just knowing the abuse that was being done to it and seeing how some people would just snap and be into a violent rage if they were not able to get that 30 day dose. And sometimes they would go ahead and get the dose. And obviously they've been using a little bit more than you than than prescribed and they run out they say, well, the doctor needs to give me another script. And I'm like, there has to be a better way. So we need to fight this cause here to get people off of this. And also, you know, the fact of, there are people out there that illegal narcotics are going on out there or illegal medicines. Like when we already talked about the opioid epidemic, all these things can be released. If we can get more into a more natural organic uh, term of treatment and relief, that's what I hope what you're doing is able to go and further that cause. So again, I really appreciate you taking time out to talk to me. I'm Dr. Jim Woody's been with me, the CEO of 180 life sciences. Thank you so much for being on with us. Website is 180lifesciences.com, 180lifesciences.com. And like I said, I think it's not a bad idea to go ahead. And, if you want to go ahead and help further the cause, be a shareholder. Listed on the NASDAQ, ticker ATNF. Uh, Dr. Jim, thanks for being on with us. Thanks for giving us the information.
0: My pleasure. And uh, I'm in total agreement. Let's move away from the addictive drugs and find some that are effective for all of our patients who need it. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas Podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Each week, we bring you stock market outlooks, macroeconomic updates, and investment strategies that can help you succeed. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience about how they navigate uncertain markets. Prepare to be engaged, enlightened, and entertained by listening to the Capital Ideas Podcast today.